HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This program is brought to you by Wine Access. Here's a great way to discover and drink the best wines expertly curated for you. Go to wineaccess.com slash HRN for more info. This week on Meet and 3, we continue our series on global food trade. We've covered sugar and spice. Next up, bites. Iran has been subjected to the far and away the most severe, stringent, painful sanctions regime uh, that has been inflicted on a country in peacetime ever. Servers would come around with little carts or trays carrying these things, and they would cry out what they were uh, providing. So you get, hog out you my. So my young son, when he was three or four years old, referred to deem some places as screaming places. Tune in to Meet and Three, available wherever you get your podcasts. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The devil runs his groove in them rhythm and blues that sound. It's gonna get you Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm Souther Teague. And I'm Greg Benson. Hey, Greg. How you doing, bud? Ah, oh, you know, loaded question, but I'm actually, I'm doing, I'm doing all right. We have some big doings this week. How about you? How are you, my friend? Uh, I mean, I'm doing okay. <laughs> In as much as I'm not really doing much. Um, we got through Valentine's Day. I cooked a lot of food, uh, as you know, and, and the listener knows I'm a former chef. Uh, and we've lost all of our kitchen uh, crew and we were allowed to reopen this weekend to 25% indoor capacity. So we took advantage of the Valentine's being on a Sunday, and we offered a to-go package uh, that I put together of uh, cocktails uh, and uh, Prosecco and lots of food. Uh, we sold uh, about 48 of them. Uh, people could pick them up on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday and go home and sort of finish some things in the oven and uh, have a nice Valentine's uh, meal. Uh, and then we did indoor service on Sunday night for 25% capacity, which just means eight people. But I did four rounds of eight people. So uh, 32 folks got to come in and have a, what we called the Amori Margot Valentine's Day happy hour. It was just a one-hour service uh, of prefix, again, cocktails and snacks that I prepared, along with Mel, one of my uh, bartenders. She and I in the kitchen and the bar all night. Uh, and that was fun. It was exhausting but fun uh, to kind of reconnect with the guest. And, and then we are closed now. We're not going to reopen the bar until probably April 1st. We will consider opening outdoor if the weather starts to get nicer. Um, but as, as of this moment, I am not expecting to be back to work until April 1st. So 
at least I feel like I have a target on the calendar now. I don't feel so adrift. Uh, but still, April 1st is a long way away. Well, yeah, and those are those are important, man. I mean, that's part of why I was I was reflecting on this a lot over the holidays, which feel alternatively like five years ago and last week about how important it is to have goals and things in the calendar to look forward to and just things that help us celebrate the passage of time. Uh, and and losing that, I think, is a reason why so many people feel really temporally adrift and have for the past you know year at this point. It's also weird to think about that we are about to, we are a little over a month away from losing our second St. Patrick's Day in a row. Actually, no, I sc- <laughs> scratch, scratch that. We are exactly one month away yeah, one today, month from today from the second St. Patrick's Day that we're all going to spend in lockdown, which is crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yesterday, actually, I guess two days ago would be one month away from the day we closed the bar. So. Uh, well, it's it's insane. Well, how how was it being back? I mean, we've all heard the news stories about you know airline pilots complaining that they're rusty, which is just another oh, you know, man. which is just, which is just another horrifying fact that we're all just going to have to look at the world and be like, well, I guess that's the way it is now. But you know, how how is it for you being back behind the bar after after all this time and just for one night too? Was that was that yeah. weird? Did it feel good? Somewhat Herculean effort to get it uh, accomplished. You know, to, to open for one night is a strange thing. To order enough product, uh, food, you know, because I was doing food as well, food-wise especially, to order enough product to accommodate all the needs but also not have a ton left over because we don't have a follow-up service um, was a challenge. And, yeah, rusty is the right word. Um, but uh, but we're glad we did it. It was effectively PR. Uh, you know, we're so far distant from the notion of profitability at this point. Uh, this was just generating a little bit of revenue and some hopefully excitement among our uh, you know uh, crowd to know that we're still here and we're we're fighting and we're 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 planning to to be back. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, it was Herculean to get it done, and I felt it. Uh, I, I barely left the couch on Monday. I was exhausted. I can imagine, man, because because you have to do all the same stuff that you used to, plus new stuff that you're not used to doing, like only ordering exactly enough for one night and that's it. Like that's going to yeah. be a whole extra number. I, I was I was never good at crunching the numbers when I was uh, when I managed to place anyway, so I can only imagine what trying to hit that very specific window of ordering was like. Yeah, uh, some other good news for us. Uh, yeah, talk to us about the Tasty Awards. Tasty, the taste. The Tasty. I don't you were close. It it's the ta- it's the taste awards, but they taste. are tasty. Yeah. <laughs> so us and <laughs> we we're we're the awards are taste. We ourselves are tasty, uh, and occasionally thirsty. But that's another podcast. Um, so yeah, we're first of all, I want to say we are in amazing company because I'm looking at the uh, list of nominees now, and not only. Um, across the board, people coming in from from all over the world producing really great content, getting nominated for Taste Awards this year. But a bunch of folks from in our own house, from our family, notably our friends Agave Road Trip, uh, and our you know Bank and the, Chava. Exactly. Who who uh, were um, feed sitting for us a little bit this summer and, and they were great roommates are up for a lot of awards. Uh, the folks at Meet and Three Grape Nation, Cooking Issues, uh, a bunch of folks. Uh, we personally are up for Best Drink or Beverage Program, Best Single Topic Series, Best Food or Drink Podcast, and Best f- Filmed at Home Episodes or Film, which uh, <laughs> ironically, we 
found ourselves in the virtual studio and discovered that as of today, it was equipped with video. And we realized what a good thing it is that we don't, that we record at home, that we don't film at home. But still, all of all of that aside, uh, amazing company to be in and and a real honor to be considered and, and up for these awards because one of the bright spots of this year has been producing these shows. And, and I always hope sincerely that if someone is you know, in the industry and they're, I don't want to say if they're struggling, if you're in the industry, you are struggling right now, big or small, we're all in it. And I really do hope that this little thing that we do every week can provide some laughs or necessary information or relief. And it is, it's, it's always nice to see that, you know, when we put it out there, there are people on the other end who are, who are listening. And that's really the part of this that I think I appreciate the most. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I've, I've, I'm on record as having said it over and over for the past nearly five years I've been on the show. Uh, it's my favorite thing I do each week. Um, I get to sit and take a moment and talk to colleagues and, uh, you know, idols in the field. I, I learn something every single time. Uh, it's my favorite thing I get, I get to do. So to have people recognize that as something they enjoy as well, that's quite fulfilling. Um, so absolutely, on that note, yeah. on that yeah, note and, Al, we should yeah, probably and, get into and, it. I was going to say, yeah, let's let's get into our, our favorite thing where we get to talk to awesome industry leaders uh, from all over the world. And today we are joined by Berta Gonzalez Nieves, the co-founder and CEO of Casa Dragones Tequila. Berta, thank you so, so much for joining us. How are you? Very good, Greg and Souther. Thank you for having me. Excited to be chatting with you guys. Oh, we're so excited to have you. So where, And congratulations where... on oh. your oh. nominations. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks. Uh, so where where are you uh, coming in from today? I'm actually coming in from uh, the Springs. Uh, little, we have a little cottage in the Springs uh, here in Long Island, and um, I've been uh, quarantining here between here a bit in Tequila Jalisco and a bit in New York City. I mean, wow. really nice to have a little. We we talked off air a little bit. A nice little uh, escape pod to get out there to the Springs, right? Yeah, it definitely, um, having the chance to be outside, um, it's really made a big difference, even though in this very difficult time, while we are all in, living in a virtual world, uh, having the chance to you know, interact with nature has made a difference. Yeah, I can only imagine. I have a, I'm lucky that I have a park just a few blocks away. I've been trying to get out there at least every other day, but I try to go every day and just take a stroll around the park a few times and, you know, Commune with nature sounds like a weird thing to, to say living in the, in the city, <laughs> but at least to be outside of my apartment and not uh, inside my head all day. Um, so <laughs> you got to commune with the nature that you have. Yeah, the na- yeah the nature you've got, uh, uh, like bamboo twigs sticking out of bottles. Um, <laughs> uh, no one can see that but me. Um, so you have a lot of interesting accolades of your own. First lady of tequila, says the Los Angeles Times. Uh, uh, food and Wine uh, uh, says you're most innovative woman in food and drink. Um, like, Talk to us a little bit about, about that. How did you get those monikers labeled to, on you? Um, um, how exactly, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'm very honored to have had those accolades and those accomplishments. And I really think that if you ask me, I think it's just through, I feel really fortunate that I have found, have had the opportunity to dedicate myself to my passion, you know, to, to, to a subject that really took over my life and, 
um, and have had the opportunity to truly innovate and 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 continue to give back to that tequila category and to our appellation of origin. And uh, and through that, um, uh, I feel very proud to have gotten noticed. Yeah, and you're a powerful voice uh, in this category, um, certified as the first female uh, maestra tequila. I'm going to butcher it. Tequilera. Uh, you, you could probably say it better than me. Um, and I want to know what that means. Uh, I don't even know exactly what that means. I didn't know that that was a thing for anyone, much less that you're the first female. So, yeah, when I got my title, I didn't know that I was the first female at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what it means is uh, in, in, in a maestro tequilero is a person in, within, a, within a house that actually um, is in charge of, you know, designing the product and uh, doing all the engineering and all the production. We're two maestro tequileros in Casa Dragones. is Benjamin Garcia and myself. He's a chemical engineer by training. Um, and I bring more of a product development side of things. And uh, together we've, we've done the three products that are in the marketplace. So when I got my title, we were about to bring Joven, our first tequila, to market. And Benjamin told me, why don't you go and get, you know, see if you can get your title. And at that time, uh, which is not that dissimilar of the time we're living now, but we were, I really didn't have much time to do much else other than like building our, our company. And, uh, and I even joked with him. I said, I don't even have time to call my mother and you want me to go and apply for, 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 uh, for this particular um, diploma. And, uh, and so he, you know, as, as he's not only my partner, but he's also been a very important mentor in my career. So I said yes and I applied and um, they took into consideration the 12 years that I had in the industry. And, um, and I'm very proud to have this, this recognition and more importantly, um, more proud and more excited to have the opportunity to for us to really go into our journey of expanding the tequila repertoire through through really modern production and innovation to to bring new tastes uh, into the marketplace. I love I love that that's the way I, I I'm always interested in this show whenever we. Um we like to introduce people by by you know introducing some of the you know titles that they've been given accolades that they've won and I always uh, love hearing people's sort of uh, reactions to that you know because titles are not nothing you know they're you have to work really hard for them and they are something that I think you know there's no shame in wanting to put that on your shelf and and show it off a little bit but. I love sort of your approach to it of like, okay, I've got this, you know, I am the, this, uh, master. I'm also going to butcher it if I try and do it. So I won't, um, but I have this title and now I want to use it to, uh, advance this, this brand that I've put so much heart and, and soul into. And I definitely want to talk about Casa Dragones, but I, I'd like to hear a little bit first about how you sort of got your journey started in the tequila world in the first place. Um, yeah, uh, of course. I uh, I was selected uh, by the Japanese government to participate in a program uh, in Japan in my early 20s. I was actually 22 years old around there, and, uh, um, and it was a scholarship program. So I grew up kind of like being very entrepreneurial. I had a little, little different ventures here and there since I was like 14, 15 years old. And all of them were little projects that I did that I like, you know, started and then I saw through and um, that enabled me to kind of, you know, get, learn how to make a little bit of money of my own. And um, so by the time I was 22, I was selected by this program and um, 
in order to prepare myself for the program, I had to be part of the six month preparation where we had to study everything about Mexican culture, our, you know, our economy, the history of our country, our cult, you know, they are, you know, even like folkloric art, like really, we needed to be really well prepared to be able to represent Mexico in these kind of um, uh, round tables with people from all over the world. So as part of that training, I got invited to go to Tequila Jalisco to visit uh, a lot of different distilleries and learn about that industry. And um, after the second day of being tequila, I called my parents and I said, I know what I want to do. I want to go into the tequila industry. And my parents were like, oh, God, you know, like you know, she's <laughs> the youngest of three, the only daughter. And she has so I, we know that if something gets into her, like there's no one that's going to like get in the middle of that. Mm-hmm. So they were a little worried. Um, and um, they also thought, you know, it's the flavor of the month, right? She's going to fall in love with this. And then years later, she's going to find something else. And no, the flavor of the month has lasted many, many years, more than 20 years. And, uh, <laughs> and you know, I, as I uh, finished my university in Mexico and uh, I worked a little bit in management consulting after I graduated in, in university in Mexico City. And then I went to the, do this master's degree that... I was talking to Souther about in Northwestern, um, yeah, having lived in, 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 we share a common restaurants in uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Davis Street Fish Market on Hinman Avenue. And um, I got the opportunity to go and do this, this, this master's degree. And when I graduated from there, I thought that someone would give me the opportunity to get into the tequila category. And that's how I started. I went and knocked on the doors of the industry and I had the fortune of working for the eldest tequila producer. And that's how I started my career in, in, in the industry. And it's really interesting because I have never looked back after that. It's really taken over kind of like, uh, it's, 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 I feel very lucky to have found something that I can completely dedicate my career to. And, and there's not one day where I don't learn something new. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that's what sort of separates the, or I think that's what defines the entrepreneurial spirit, right? Someone who is going to continue to do what they do because they're driven by it, but also someone who's going to find something new every day in it, right? Every every day you're learning something, and that that's what sort of carries you on. Um, you were sort of earlier in your career, uh, according to the notes that I have here, you you were doing more like consulting work in the tequila category, right? Creating luxury brands and et cetera. Um, I'm certain that that has played a big role in how you've branded uh, Dragones because this stuff, the line of bottles, just the bottles themselves, they're just gorgeous. No, well, thank you for that. We really want to showcase this. Um, I don't know if how much of an opportunity you've had to travel to Mexico, but Mexico really uh, is really an incredible country, and uh, and the the aesthetic and the creative effervescent culture that our country has, you see it in from architecture to cuisine to cinema to art. Um, it really Mexico is really at the at the center of of a lot of countries around the world, and uh, and we wanted to showcase this craftsmanship and this sophistication in this elegance of Mexico and what we're doing. But more importantly, we really want to start by doing that um, in, in the type of liquid that we're presenting and then followed by our, our packaging. So um, that's, that's, that's really important. And yes, of course, my, 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 my start in, that, in, in the industry, I worked for, the, uh, for, for, for 10 years for the eldest tequila producer. 
and um, and it really just uh, gave me the opportunity to to fall in love even further with that category, uh, to to then really develop this passion to go on my own, and um, and have the opportunity to to you know truly expand the tequila repertoire and bring very unique and different experiences uh, for that tequila lover. Yeah. Well, it's again the packaging looks outstanding. It's very like understated. It's it's obviously uh, trying to draw the eye to the liquid itself, um, and and give all the uh, you know prominence to the to the liquid that's in the bottle. Um, let's take a break right here and hear from our sponsors. We're going to come back and keep talking about uh, what we're going to start talking about uh, uh, Casa Dragones. So stay tuned to the Speakeasy. Hi, this is Sam Ben Ruby from The Grape Nation. You may know my show is all about enlightening, inspiring, and motivating you guys to try and drink more wine. I want to tell you about a great way to discover and drink the best wine, wine access. Whether you're a neophyte or an expert, wine access makes it easy for everyone to learn about and buy the wines you like. Their team tastes over 20,000 selections per year and only curates the finest wines, exceeding expectations and over-delivering on price. Through the years, Wine Access has cultivated relationships with under-the-radar winemakers, as well as the most iconic producers. Think Opus One, Dana, Larkmead, Silver Oak, just to name a few. Discover your new favorite bottle with Wine Access. I always tell you to rely on the experts, whether it be retailers, psalms, or winemakers. Wine Access has all the knowledge, connections, and stories to point you to the best wines based on your taste. Wine Access also has a great wine club. Let them do all the work so you can discover your new favorite bottles. Go to wineaccess.com slash HRN. That's wineaccess.com slash HRN. Check them out now. And we are back. You were listening to The Speakeasy here on HRN, Heritage Radio Network. And today we are talking with Berta Gonzalez Nieves. And right before the break, we just got up to uh, her starting, striking off on her own and uh, starting a new brand that I happen to have a very nice looking bottle of in my hand right now called Casa Dragones. So talk to us a little bit about the, uh, the, the genesis of this idea, where it came from, sort of what got you started on this journey and what is in this bottle that I'm uncorking right now? Well, um, so I really started uh, getting with the idea and the dream of actually having the opportunity to build my own company, my tequila company. And um, and I know both of you right now are in Brooklyn. So I, I was in a party in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, where I had the opportunity to meet uh, Bob Pittman, the founder of MTV. Big American entrepreneur. Wow. Yeah, exactly. So I'm there, like suddenly, can you imagine? Like I'm there and like I'm speaking to the founder of MTV. And, um, and you know, I, he asked me, what's your background? And I give him my background in the tequila industry. I do this and that. He's like, really? Well, I've always wanted to start a tequila company. And I'm like, really? Well, I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. And I didn't know if it was like party talk or not. But next day, we exchange business cards. Next day, his, you know, his, his secretary emails me saying, you know, Mr. Pinman can meet on these and these dates. And I put my, my best suit on and went to the meeting. And, uh, and that was the beginning of what it's been, you know, a 12-year, um, a 12-year now partnership and relationship. And, That's um, amazing. 
I mean, obviously, it took more than one meeting, right? Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but I, feel like, I feel like so often the stories that we hear in our field are exactly that. You know, I was at a party. I was at a dinner. I, I casual conversation struck up and here we go. Uh, you know, serendipity. Yes. Um, and, uh, and, you know, Bob really had a real understanding of Mexican culture. He spent most of his summers in San Miguel de Allende. I remember going for the first time to his house in San Miguel and uh, walking in and like really being blown away by, by the taste and the understanding of our culture, you know, and the love and the passion for our culture. And I think that really brought us together. Um, plus his passion for that category was, re was real. And uh, so um, it really, by the time we partnered, we, we really knew that we could actually do something really special together. And, uh, and that's how, that's how we started. So, you know, I, I obviously wrote a business plan, presented it to his private equity firm and we decided to partner and, um, and he lent me literally in his office in, 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 in I already was living in New York and, uh, with a tequila industry, I quit my job and, uh, and he lent me an office space, a phone, and I walked in with my little Blackberry and my notebook. And that's how we started. We started from a blank slate with truly the vision of starting uh, with one product, which is our Hoven product, and delivering a true sipping tequila, a, a tequila that you could actually um, put uh, to compete with other sipping spirits, and as well a tequila that actually showcased that tequila is not only a great companion to Mexican food. Tequila can also be uh, paired with international cuisine from Japanese cuisine to American cuisine, Italian cuisine. Um, so we kind of like set a bar for ourselves of what we wanted to do. And then, you know, really started from scratch on how to actually accomplish that. I mean, that's, that's amazing. And that's gotta be so, uh, it's, it's so refreshing to hear you recount the story because there are so many, you know, tequila brands out there, which I won't, name by name, but you know, they've got some, some famous people behind them. And so many of them feel like cash grabs that don't really understand the culture and have a true appreciation for, for this spirit. And that must've been so wonderful to realize that you shared the same vision with your business partner of like, no, we, we don't want to, you know, create something that's going to be on the back of every bar in Brooklyn. We want to make something that's really going to showcase the best of what this spirit can be. Yeah, I think that, you know, what was really and is truly continues to be kind of like at the medulla of what we're trying to do is that we're more excited than anyone to actually do this. So you can imagine that we are entrepreneurs and that we're going to, you know, that we agree that we're only doing one thing and one thing only, and we're going to give it our best shots. And uh, for us, it was a dream come true to actually have the opportunity to do something in that category, meaning me and uh, you know, my team that has dedicated their career to the tequila industry. So we were the first ones that were the most excited about this and, um, and to really have the chance to innovate and have the chance to, um, you know, to, to do something different. I mean, for us, like we had a, we have this little poster in, 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 in our facility in Tequila Jalisco, where it says in order to create, we must forget. So we didn't want to do anything that we had, that we already knew how to do. We wanted to do something that forced us to actually do something different. And at least, you know, as, 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 as entrepreneurs, we, what we thought is like, well, um, we want to have that chance to do, to do it and to do something extraordinary. 
and see if we can actually make a commercial venture out of it. But if we can't by any reason, then at least we actually did the best, um, the best thing that we could do, that we could be proud of, that we could live with after. And that's how Casa Dragones Joven was born. Well, yeah, it is amazing. Let's, let's talk a bit about the, the juice itself. Um, walk us through sort of the things that maybe you had to forget to create a product like the, the, the Joven t- uh, Sipping Tequila. Um, I think um, uh, basically everything, what we, what we knew, we, we knew where we wanted to go. We didn't know what was going to get us there. So a joven is, a, is, a, is an overlooked style in the tequila category. You have five official classifications of tequila. You have white, rested, aged, extra aged, and joven. So joven, uh, for some reason, is an overlooked style. And we, by trial and error, right, we started doing a lot of different things to see how we could actually deliver a true sipping tequila. And, um, and it's a blend of a white tequila with a three-year-old extra aged tequila. We do the blend, and at the end of the process, we actually... Uh, take the color out of the extra aged tequila, which even is even more risky, right? Because people assign sometimes price to color. Um, right, but, uh, and, and that that process is called crystal uh, crystallito. Is that is that correct? Uh, well, not necessarily. Uh, oh. Cristalinos not necessarily are hovens because uh. most cristalinos are aged tequilas mm-hmm. that then you take the the color out. So that's just a style of tequila, which is an aged tequila that, you know, that they've taken the color out, which is, they're great tequilas and, and people should actually try them. Um, these, what's different here is that it's a joven tequila and the process of taking the color out does coincide with what Cristolinos do. But what's interesting here is that you're getting the, the marriage of the Blanco tequila with the extra aged tequila. So you're getting the floral and the citrus notes of the Blanco tequila balanced with the sweetness and the spice of the extra aged tequila. And neither one of the styles is really governing the experience, but is making this beautiful marriage that ends up being a truly unique sipping tequila. Can I, I, I'm, I'm curious what the thought process was on removing the color, because like you said, you know, people associate uh, brown spirits with, you know, age and uh, higher price tag. And, you know, I, I have nothing but the utmost respect for the JFK strategy of we do not do these things because they are easy. We do them because they are hard. But, you know, I, I want to know what's the thought process behind making something like like that a little bit harder for yourself? Is there something that it does to the flavor or is there uh, is it more sort of a visual thing? Like, did you want so- to cue the eye to something different? So what we learned, right, because remember that we were trying to prove that tequila can actually be paired with a full-on, uh, you know, international cuisine. So you can have, um, you know, and we learned that when you're trying to pair with food, with mostly savory food, um, the color has a lot of, you know, your eyes are kind of like the nose of your taste, your eyes are already predetermining to your taste buds what you're going to be tasting. So by taking that color out, we learned that we had more permission to pair with food. And, uh, and that was why we did it. We did it because of that particular reason, um, with the risk of actually making this a very difficult product to explain. Um, but, um, but again, our, 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 
dream and our vision was more about like truly expanding the repertoire with different, with, with, with truly innovation than belonging to it. So explaining what a joven tequila is and explaining what a sipping tequila is and all that um, is really at the heart of what we're trying to do. And, uh, and we're committed to, you know, to really surprising the, the, and expanding the options for that tequila lover. I kind of love that. And in a way, it's almost easier if you, you know, rather than try and get people to reimagine a product they already think they know, kind of give them something totally out of left field. And then you can sort of start from scratch and build up their their perceptions uh, in, in a more accurate way. Yeah. And to be quite frank with you, we, you know, when we started, you know, we also then wanted to showcase Mexican craftsmanship. So we did this beautiful you know, lead-free crystal bottle made in a semi-automatic process in Mexico that is then individually hand-engraved by Mexican artisans with this pepita engraving um, to do this kind of like an old-style decanter make modern. And um, so for the first five years, we only sold Casa Dragones Joven. Um, we didn't know if we were going to survive as entrepreneurs. Um, and we did learn a lot. We learned a lot about, you know, being on the streets and talking to our both on-premise and off-premise clients and really getting that reaction. And for the first five years, that's the only thing that we did. And that really kind of gave us the foundation as a producer of, you know, surviving for five years with, with this product was probably one of the hardest things that we've ever done. But most importantly, enabled us to really hone in and believe in what we're doing. And that has given us the ammunition to then uh, really take our time with the next labels that we bring to market rather than running and, and, and really, you know, trying to, um, uh, you know, m many producers uh, introduce three styles when they come into market and there's nothing wrong with that. We just could not, um, we really couldn't think about, uh, um, I, we still don't understand how people actually do that. We don't criticize it, but we, in what we're trying to do, we really want to dedicate time and uh, and really our time to have the time to think, innovate and bring something truly unique to market rather than just trying to be fast and quick. Sure. And I feel like uh, when you take your time with things like that, they uh, tend to evolve and become a stronger product. Uh, and they also shape your core value and your core ethos for your company. You know, I've often said that, you know, Amori Margo is about to turn 10 years old. If I opened Amori Margo for the first day today, and it was exactly as it is today, I don't know that it would survive. It had to evolve over those 10 years to become what it is. Start slow and build, you know? Yeah, yeah, and that also gives us the opportunity as producers to enjoy the process, because big part of the process is to actually enjoy what you do and uh, be proud of what you're bringing to the table. Uh, so we love creating, and we really, that's our gasoline, you know? That's really, you know, what, what like, you know, wakes us up and gets us going and we find the passion there. Right. And I'm, 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 you know, as a former chef myself, I'm fascinated by the notion that you really gave a lot of credence to the notion, to, to the idea that people were going to be hopefully drinking this while eating foods of all variety. You're not just thinking to yourself, well, this will obviously grows together, goes together. This will be great with, you know, tacos on Tuesday. Uh, but will it also, you know, 
go well with some, I don't know, French fare or Italian food. And I, I think it's unique. Uh, you know, there's several spirits out there on the market that, that we don't really think about in that same way. I think that, that tequila maybe gets pigeonholed. You know, I don't think to myself, I can't drink gin with with Italian food. Uh, I don't think that, you know, I'm having a groni. I don't think to myself, I can't drink gin with French food. Uh, I'll have a French 75, um, you know, but I think when people think of tequila and food, they think specifically Mexican or Spanish style cuisine, right? Yeah, and that's where, that's part of our journey, you know, to have had the opportunity to seduce the palates of, you know, some of the more well-respected uh, international chefs and also Mexican chefs, you know, also mm -hmm. Mexican chefs. I think that um, that has been um, a very rewarding experience because I think chefs are also the ultimate entrepreneurs. So um, uh, I think that they, they were the first people to give us a chance and the first people to say, okay, let me give it a try. Let me try it. Let me see if it really does inspire us to do something truly unique. And, and that interpretation of our product from their point of view, um, it's really proves our mission, you know, and uh, we have the opportunity to just recently for St. Valentine's, we work with Thomas Raquel at Le Bernardin, where she did this beautiful chocolate shibu, which I'm probably not saying it correctly for Valentine's <laughs> Day. <laughs> And uh, we've worked with uh, Chef Enrique Olvera, you know, in Pujol, in Cosme, uh, in Atla, you know, really doing, uh, he has, you know, a really fine, like what contemporary Mexican cuisine is. Um, we've worked with Chef Massa on Japanese cuisine. Oh, wow. Um, we've worked with Elena Regadas, who, you know, we've worked with a variety of, of, of now friends and chefs that really felt that in their, when they're doing a pairing dinner, there's a place for tequila as well there's a place for champagne and there's a place for wine and um and and we're really excited and proud of that i mean and and well you should be uh, those are that's an amazing list of folks you gotten to work with that's that's very cool um la bernardin is one of my all-time favorite restaurants uh, and and i've only had the occasion to be there twice uh, it stands out in my mind as such a, a great memory both times um and and again i'm i'm truly fascinated by by the the drive that you have to connect this to being sort of a center table item, not just a bar item, right? This, 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 this tequila can move from the bar to the, to the table as well. Um, so let's talk about some of the juice. I, I poured myself a little bit. Let's, let's walk through a bit of a tasting. So um, I know that you have Hoven with you. I don't know what Greg has. Uh, I've got the Hoven, the Blanco, and the and Yeho, I've got the uh, the whole the whole care package. Okay, good, 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 good. Uh, so we'll start with Hoven because I know Souther has a Hoven in front of him, and we've been talking about it. And then maybe we'll jump um, to talk about our most recent introduction, which is our añejo. Great. And, um, I, I had and a you tell me how me. are we doing with time? Because as you, you know, I can I can talk about this. So, <laughs> so you can gotta, we? You Don't gotta, worry. You, you you gotta manage me. Okay. Okay. Um, so. The first thing that I'm going to bring to your attention on Joven, um, I, if you like, you know, I don't know what glass you're using, but usually we use the Riedel Overture tequila glass that was developed by um, Mr. Riedel a long time ago when he did a trip across Mexico and realized the opportunity to, you know, to really creating a glass that showcased the complexity and the elegance of the spirit. But um, you can also use kind of champagne flute or a white wine glass. Um, a, stem, a stem glass would be helpful. So you're gonna notice that the tequila has impeccable clarity 
And if you look at the walls of your glass, you're gonna notice that the tequila has long and pronounced legs. That obviously trites into a very beautiful silky body. And when you're trying to get high grades in, in the spirits industry, obviously the visual characteristics and the body characteristics are very important. And you know that we're trying to showcase tequila that can compete with single malts and with whiskies and with cognacs. So of course the body and the visual characteristics are very important. Um, and then in terms of the aroma, you wanna smell the back of your hand to come back into a neutral place. It's a great tip for when you're trying other spirits or wines, you probably already know that. Then put your nose uh, and, and transport your nose around the glass. I like to close my eyes when I'm actually focusing on aroma. And um, the aroma is fresh and inviting with so subtle floral and citrus aroma with notes of sweet roasted agave. And, um, and then if this is your first sip, the first sip really enables you to prepare your palate. The second and third sip will be much more representative of what the product tastes like. And that's not particular to tequila, it's with all spirits. So let's go for, assuming you've had a couple of sips during our conversation, <laughs> I'm gonna jump right in. <laughs> How did you know? You're good, yeah, you're good at assuming. <laughs> because I, I know, I know, I know my, I know my crew in my industry, so. <laughs> it's, tough, it's tough work. <laughs> it's tough work, someone has to do it. That's right. So, but the taste is soft and smooth with hints of vanilla and spiced yes. undertones balanced with delicate notes of pear. Yes, I'm getting yes. definitely that vanilla. I'm definitely getting, you know, that, that hand fruit, like, like pear, apple, and even just a little bit of uh, know, a little white pepper, like way on, way on the end of it. I've, I've got that. I've got, I get a, a hint of apricot on there too. But the, the thing I enjoy about the fruitiness is it's not like a big, rich, bold fruitiness like you'd get off of a brandy or something. It's more, it's, it's there, but it, it's, um, it's fleeting, which I imagine makes it great for, for what we were just talking about, pairing with food, because you get that big, rich fruit hit. But then it also, I, I would imagine, really kind of, you know, it leaves my palate very primed, which is why I'm uh, on my second glass already. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the finish is a clean, warm finish with hints of hazelnut and a bright, open aftertaste. It has a very, it has no, you don't get any burn traditional to the category. And it has a very beautiful lingering permanence in your palate that we believe that this beautiful finish that's long and warm and very enjoyable is really what's inviting you to actually take your time, sip and savor. And that this is why it's called the sipping tequila because it's a very beautiful, very complex, and also it's the product itself, um, really it's inviting you to, to, to enjoy the, the complexity and the taste that we've been able to deliver. Yeah, it's very soft as well. At, at 40% or 80 proof, it, it's, it seems it's not burning my chest or, or, or um, throat on the way down uh, like, a, like, a, like a standard 80 proof, say, whiskey would. It's very soft as, as far as the proof goes. It's delightful. Um, I see in my notes here um, that you designed custom barrels to age the tequila in before the blending process. Talk about that a little bit. So we, um, and I'm going to tell you our most recent story about the barrel adventure. Um, the barrel so, adventure. <laughs> oh, God. It's a positive adventure. We're going over, yes. the, over the Niagara Falls in a barrel. <laughs> <laughs> That's what makes it so soft. So, 
we for not on on this product in particular i'm gonna talk about the añejo just to like you know take you on a on a on a different kind of like trip um and really honing in into what we enjoy the most is we we thought that the right next step you know we did for five years our joven then we introduced our blanco for our fifth anniversary we thought that the right next step for us as a producer everybody you know from our you know, our industry friends, bartenders, uh, chefs, uh, retailers are saying, Berta, we love your sipping tequila, but you're very strict, right? You, you don't let us, you know, put in a margarita. We can't serve it on the rocks. You just want it to be truly, truly a sipping spirit. And uh, when are you going to do something um, that is, has more of the versatility of the category? And that's how our Blanco came along, which is our, our blue label. And um, Blanco's objective is to really... Um, expose the purity of our agave and of our water through an ultra-modern process. And it's great on the rocks and we can do, we have a great adventure of doing cocktails with, you know, with, with, with a lot of different very talented mixologists and, and bartenders. Um, and then to celebrate our 10th year anniversary, we gave ourselves the opportunity. We started really getting into studying um, aging. Um, we had done it for Hoven, for, you know, we have um, new American white oak casks for our joven, so it's a blend of, of, of two tequilas, as I mentioned. And for Añejo, we just really wanted to find a partner that uh, actually had the patience and the curiosity to work with us. And uh, we found this, we, we went and when we were able to travel, we traveled a lot in a lot of different parts of the world, uh, getting to meet different cooperages. And we fell in love with this particular cooperage out of uh, Bordeaux. That is a family-run cooperage that actually worked with some of the most well-known um, wine labels like Chateau Margaux, Chateau Petrus, and so on, um, and doing custom casks. And they were the ones that actually showed um, the true curiosity of actually working with us and really figuring out how we could actually bring something completely different to the category. And um, so we fell in love with this particular wood that's in the heart of Bordeaux called Cecile Oak, and um, that is, these, these forests are, um, um, are more than 200 years old. It's a type of wood that is much less perfumed than the traditional French limousine. And we also fell in love with this particular American oak out of Missouri and Pennsylvania. So we did two different types of custom-made casks um, uh, to age our tequila in. And the whole idea was to let the tequila push through the wood rather than the wood pushing into the tequila. We still wanted to preserve some of the most floral and herbaceous notes of the tequila and then caressed by the wood to deliver Casa Dragones Añejo. And, um, and that's why I call it an adventure. Um, and uh, it's really like for small producers, most everybody in that category is using a lot of American whiskey casks or bourbon casks. It's a very, it's a, there's a big tradition there. Um, and there's there, there's great tradition there. There's great flavors to be developed there. But we really wanted to go into an area of of innovation and, and, and kind of an unknown territory. And that's kind of like, you know, really tells you a bit about our, our Añejo tequila. Yeah, I mean, that, that is quite an adventure. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I'm always fascinated by uh, cooperage and barreling um, because of what they do to the spirits and, and wines, uh, uh, fortified wines that, that sit in them. Um, and it's a, that's a fascinating story, and, and I, I have to assume no one else has done anything like that in the tequila uh, market. Is that true? Um, well, not this particular type of wood, um, and um, 
And when you actually, the product, the, the most important result is the actual product. That really, um, we think that there's great producers doing great Añejo tequilas and our intent is to expand their repertoire. We believe that consumers today interact with categories very different than other generations where people pride themselves in discovery and pride themselves in having a selection of spirits that they love and adore, um, uh, whether they love Reposado or Añejo or Blanco tequilas. Uh, for us, it's all about really bringing a different taste profile that they can actually are able to accomplish that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I love that whole philosophy of, you know, we're not, we, we don't want to do, we don't, we won't do something if we're just going to do the same thing that somebody else has already done. We're going to, to, we're only going to do something if we can do something new and put our own stamp on it. That's never been done before. I just, I think that's super cool. Um, Right. With this, with this sort of caveat that we're also not going to do anything that uh, just because we can doesn't mean we should. We're not just going to do things to do them. We're going to do them with the result in mind and that result being excellence. Yeah, absolutely. That's really our, our motivation. Uh, it shows. I mean, this is delicious tequila that I'm drinking on. The bottle is extremely handsome. The packaging is gorgeous. Like It seems that you've really given a good bit of credence to each step in the process. Yeah, I think each, each label, you know, really deserves a life of its own and a journey of its own. Um, and we want to we wanna make sure that, uh, you know, we don't become like a one label company. We really want to make sure that every single label we bring truly has an objective and has the opportunity to really have longevity in the marketplace. Yeah. Um, well, you know, uh, I, I, I don't know if I mentioned it on air, but uh, we were talking a little bit off air. I'm going to be uh, part of a, a new project here in, in the East Village uh, again in April. We're going to be opening Etheria, uh, which is going to be our sort of mezcal tequila spot. So I'll be uh, I'll be stocking up on this stuff um, for sure. Uh, <laughs> well, I show, look forward to it. Yeah, and showing it off to people. And, and since you are pretty local, I'm going to certainly get you in there to, to, to do some events and talk to uh, talk to our guests and staff alike about your passion and the product that you're bringing to the shelves um, because it's it's really delicious and gorgeous and super excited to be sipping on it right now and, and, and maybe making some drinks with it uh, in the future. And pairing well, it with food. I would be very excited uh, yeah. for the invitation. Yeah. I can't wait for that time. Yeah. <laughs> Where uh, we can all get together. Um, uh, yes. Yeah. Bertha, we all, no, we're all itching for that time. <laughs> um, speaking of time, we're running out of it. Uh, it's been very lovely having you on. Thanks so much for giving up some of your day to talk with us. Um, does uh, Dragonas have a, an, an Instagram or social media that you'd like to yeah. get so people we to follow? Have, we have our, our Instagram, which is at Casa Dragones. Super simple. Um, you can also, if you want to, you can send us messages there. I also have my own, which is um, at Berta Gonzalez N, which is a little bit more complicated. But anyways, you can just <laughs> we'll communicate with Casa Dragones. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and, um, and um, we, I just want to say something important. Uh, we have an a important bartender uh, program that's called the Bartender Exchange Program that was born during this crisis. And uh, we have... Um, uh, which we, we, we're really you know, excited. It's all about grants for creating content for bartenders across Mexico and the U.S. And um, um, we, you know, so we had great results. Of We really wanted to do something for our community, and we continue to be committed to doing this. Uh, within our own means, we're trying to make sure that we're providing um, grants for bartenders. So we're relaunching our 
um, our bartender exchange program. So if you are interested, please communicate with us at either at casadragones.com in our Instagram page or Facebook, or you can email us at community at casadragones.com if you're interested in participating. Outstanding. Well, and when you say exchange, you're taking uh, bartenders or, or their ideas and moving them from bar to bar? or So the idea is that we do jamming sessions mm-hmm. and uh, bartenders actually uh, participating in this. Um, we did this program last time with 200 bartenders and the idea is about uh, cross-Mexico-US exchange. And uh, so people, you know, participate first on uh, uh, submitting, uh, posting on their own Instagram page and getting uh, a payment for that. And then that actually becomes part of a competition that the competition ends on getting um, a residency in San Miguel de Allende, um, you know, uh, both a Mexican bartender and American bartender to participate in, in this. So it's a great program and uh, we really believe in the power of community and uh, we know the importance that it is right now for us to stick together and that's the nature of this program. So uh, if any one of, uh, of our industry is interested in participating, please email us. We're, we're relaunching it in March. Wow, outstanding. Uh, we'll definitely get that in the show notes as well uh, so people can participate and, and uh, you know, again, build community that's, that's, that's in dire need of rebuilding right now after uh, this long in the pandemic. Uh, and also, uh, you know, uh, get, 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 a little, get a little friendly competition going. I love that stuff. That's great. <laughs> Um, well, again, thank you so much for joining us, uh, Bertha from Casa Dragones, uh, spending your time with us and educating us on a lot of stuff. And of course, uh, getting some tequila in our hands and uh, across our lips. Uh, really delicious stuff. I can't wait to put it on the back bar at the Theria um, and make some drinks with it. Um, that's all I've got. Greg, you got anything else today? Um, no, I just wanted to uh, take, take a moment while we have Bertha here to wish everybody a preemptive on Monday. Happy National Margarita Day, everyone. Uh, well, how timely. It's I like know, we, right? It's almost like we planned it. Yeah, we have, a couple, we have a lot of exciting stuff coming on our Instagram page, so please follow us. But more importantly, I want to thank you, Greg and Souther, for inviting me and for the work that you do for the industry. Um, it, it, it really brings a lot of meaning to what we all do. So thank you and... Um, um, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited for you guys with all the awards and I can't, I really look forward to, to staying in touch. Thank oh, you so much. That is so nice. Yeah. Very sweet of you. Thank you so much. Well, that's it for this week's episode of the speakeasy. Tune in to heritage radio network for many more shows just like this one. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Cheers. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's going to save your soul. The The Speakeasy is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to learn more about our 10-year anniversary celebration happening all year long, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com forward slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows that you like. Tell your friends. And please, join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.